Hello and welcome to another Fine Meds, Global Capital's dedicated securitization podcast. I'm Tom Lemon, your host, and I'm joined by Victoria Teela and George Smith, our European reporters. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hello, Tom. I think we are going to have to change something in this podcasting <laughs> schedule. I was putting the podcast together last week and I could literally hear that my voice was an octave lower due to the exhaustion of starting <laughs> a podcast at what is 7.30 or 7.40am in New York City. Um, and as many uh, suffering ex-girlfriends and flatmates will tell you, they think that I sort of wake up um, and I'm and I'm just sparky. You know, I'm just like a lunatic all day. But actually, um, I normally get up about three hours before everyone else. And I don't talk to anyone before I start being my sort of normal, annoying self. Um, so it'd be interesting to, to hear if our li- readers can hear the difference this, this week. Because I actually, uh, I don't know why, but I woke up at 5am today. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I feel a bit more sparky. I think, I think that's all the more our podcasting schedule. Just get up at four, go for a run, don't talk to anybody for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe I've just recovered after a bit of travelling, which we'll talk about later. But um, yes, but um, you guys did a joint story this week, which um, was rather interesting. We'd love to love to chat to you about. So it was about AI. Um, and yeah, it's very interesting. Um, why did you decide decide to write about AI this week, other than the fact that you had nothing else to, to going on? The markets are quiet, and we have nothing else to do. What? What an accusation, Tom! How dare you? Um, no, this was of course carefully planned weeks in advance. Um, we we did our end of year review survey, um, which will be part of. Of course, those those big articles that are coming out uh, in a couple of days, I think. Um, and one question that we asked people was if they are using AI um, in their everyday work life. And I think it was more than half, was it 54%, um, said that they actually do use it at least a little bit. Um, so we were curious to find out what for um, and how and how it will develop in our market. And then we decided it sort of doesn't make sense to do a separate CLO and a separate ABS piece. Um, so instead, George, the man with a maths degree and general um, <laughs> intelligence of above 250, um, will talk to the tech people um, and ask them questions that involve things like uh, language um something language learning model large um, language models yeah that's the whereas i just go to my context <laughs> and i'm like so <laughs> did you say i um <laughs> so, so that's roughly how we divided the labor <laughs> but so so what what are the um potential uses for for ai and securitization and clos um so luca barella who's the ceo of uh, ai startup algorithmica um he he kind of broke it down into three kind of interlinked uses, which I thought was quite a helpful way to think about it, at least. Um, so first is kind of gathering data, and second is analyzing that data, and then third is delivering that data to the end user. Um, and he said he saw most application in the gathering and the delivering of the data rather than in the analysis, which he said was kind of already very developed um, in most financial markets, as well as securitization. And and how eager are 
market participants to to start actually using this stuff i feel like it's it's a bit mixed um i spoke to quite a few people and most of them do acknowledge that it is a big disruptor um because you know so so everybody sort of feels like it will be a big thing somehow but um I don't think there's sort of a unified view on how exactly and the engagement so far varies in the enthusiasm. Some people just sort of gave a blanket no, or like, no, we're not using it. We're not trying to. One person was like, oh, actually, does DealScribe count? Which it does, I think, um, because they use machine learning to analyze CLO docs. So some are relying on sort of those little third party companies that do use it to make their own work easier. But there's also some who do use it internally one clo manager told me that they're going through an experimental phase so the company is encouraging everybody to just play with it and find use cases and um yeah then report back so to get a better idea how it's useful which i think is quite an interesting approach moody's um, said to me they've just launched a new tool and they said we have fourteen thousand innovators uh because they've given everyone ooh. access to chat gpt uh <laughs> That's a bold claim. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's there's obviously... Although, to be fair, that. there's not many idiots at movies, are there? I mean, there's probably a relatively low share of idiots generally in our market. Um, maybe some limitation is that yeah. there are pe- like a lot of people like over the age of 50 or so in the market. <laughs> maybe yeah. cut that out. Um, but yeah, so um, <laughs> that's another example. Um, AXA Investment Managers Alternatives, um, they use for to analyze documents um, and sort of the monthly data that they get on their managers um, and track their styles. Um, I was speaking to Zhuang Yan, um, their co-head of secured finance, and he said, well, if you go to, into a meeting with a CLO manager, they'll always tell you about their investment philosophy and um, all those sort of show you some great slides. And But then yeah. sort of using artificial intelligence is a way for them to double check that and track that and see when managers deviate from that behavior. So I thought that was quite interesting. Um, when CLO managers talked about using it, it's normally to help their credit analysts um, and, uh, yeah, analyze um, the underlying portfolio and deal with it. Um, so I would say those were the main ones um, that came up occasionally. Um, no, it's it's so interesting. And you do really get the sense in the piece, actually, that everyone's a bit, they are just unsure. It's like they, they they haven't there isn't like a single route and there you know there could be like you say fourteen thousand in innovators there could be infinite number of routes to go down and and use cases to sort of suddenly create um, that you haven't maybe even thought of yet and it's it's quite difficult to really give a concrete answer in any sense on this sort of topic but yes um, I I guess the the big question. That, that always gets asked is, well, what about jobs? Is it going to cost loads of people jobs? Or are the, is the the unemployment line going to be filled by securitization professionals in the near future? Um, yeah, that's sort of the question that I asked everybody, especially when they were telling me about um, how much easier it makes the work of their credit analysts, um, which sort of pushes me to think, well, if it makes their work so much easier, maybe what you can do with three credit analysts could instead be done with two analysts. Um, but everybody everybody I asked that question denied it and um, said they will not fire anybody anytime soon. Um, it will just be a way to do more with the existing staff um, and 
also people did highlight um that it's it's a complex especially on CLOs which is most of the people I spoke to um it is quite a complex product so and there there are a lot of elements in the process of creating a CLO, managing the portfolio, or making an investment decision which CLO to invest in. There are so many factors where you just need a human to at least double check what the AI is coming up with, um, or make a decision based on experience and apply this extra level of judgment. Um, And Sharif Anbakolas at Cartesia said very nicely, he said, for the moment, we should consider it a time-saving tool, not a decision-making tool, um, which I really like. But I think I... I definitely get the feeling that that is not the definite answer um and just this is just my personal view um i think it could in the end yeah i agree i agree i mean moody's moody's said that or not to at least to people not hiring new people yeah moody's said they've just launched a new tool um it doesn't include structured finance yet but that's coming in q1 of next year um, and they estimated it could save 27% of time spent performing the typical tasks and functions of a financial analyst. Um, and if that's true, then surely you're going to need less financial analysts eventually. Um, yeah. Anyway, 45% of people in our market survey thought in the long run, AI would cost jobs and securitization. Well, thank you both for that. Um, the story is... Uh on the on the website and it's called ai and securitization is ready for takeoff with consequences unclear and uh, we should also give a little shout out to george's um, leader piece as well on ai obviously related called ai can be huge for securitization data providers if they realize what they've got um but yes very good thank you very much no cartoon though so yeah no cartoon it's not worthy of discussion <laughs> Um, but Tom, um, finally leading the con- uh, conversation back to CLOs, um, it's the first time we speak since you got back to from California and uh, I was very, very jealous of both the weather and you going to the conference. Um, you were in Dana Point at the big Opal BLO conference. How, yes. how was it? Um, well, I don't think you would have felt jealous of me on Wednesday. <laughs> I did not go to bed. I did the red eye and I went to work. <laughs> And it was shocking, and like I could, I could even feel my sort of like any little tiny thing sent me into a little fit of rage. But yes, uh, but Red Bull does wonders for the system. Um, there are other energy drinks available, um, but uh, <laughs> yes, it's it's absolutely beautiful part of the world. I've never been there before. I've never been to the conference before. Um, and it was the warmest I've ever been in December. It was about 22 degrees uh, Celsius, which is well, mid-50s in the, in Fahrenheit. Uh, so, yes, it was absolutely lovely. Um, and it's quite nice because it's very intimate, you know, so it's only CLO people. Um, people from Europe were there as well. Um, and I did get – I did achieve a professional dream of mine which was to to play golf and to be a getting paid for it and b like it being considered work and you know that that was fantastic so um thank you to to the person who took me to that they know who they are um i'm very very 
Are you ready to retire? Very grateful. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think it gets better than that. <laughs> Play Pelican Hill. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, but yes. Yeah, uh, and then, then you took that no sleep and 120% blood sugar from energy drinks to write a story yeah. about yes. inspired by the by the conference about middle market CLOs. Um, that I understand had a pretty great year, so didn't didn't think they would be struggling. Well, they're not struggling, um, but it's it's just very interesting. So obviously, middle market CLOs slash private credit CLOs, or you might even call that upper middle market CLOs, all of those things have had a great year. They've like more than doubled their market share so far this year. I think there's more on the way before the year's out as well. Um, so they're not struggling. They're not struggling for issuance, but but there are there's going to be greater scrutiny. And more questions over the over the market as time goes on, um, particularly if we think that there's going to be a bit of a downturn, and maybe those sorts of companies are going to start to struggle in that sort of leveraged finance world. Um, and when that happens, I think liquidity is going to be really, really important. Um, but on the middle market side, the secondary market's very, very tiny; it's almost non-existent. Um, so if something goes wrong, you're kind of stuck with it. There's not a lot you can do. And of course, the the proponents of middle market CLOs will say, well, that's the intention. It's not intended for you to be trading it. Um, but but I have heard from one trader who said, you know, 95% of the time when I'm trading these things, I do not know what's in it. And so the lack of liquidity, the lack of transparency, they're going to come under greater scrutiny next year. If things, if there's, if we start to see a bit more pressure in the system, um, and it's and it's not saying you know this is a bad product. It's more about saying how can this market continue to grow, um, and how can it overcome the issues that it has um, as it develops and answer those problems as it goes through different, you know, as it goes through a default cycle. Um, and yeah, I guess ultimately it's just it's worth bearing in mind that it really is a very, very different product to a BSL CLO. It's not about arbitrage. It's not about being actively managed. And um, it's more of a financing tool as, you know, uh, I spoke to the team from Tikiao, um out there and, and that's what, you know, they, they were like, we, we don't really get involved because they're very different. And um, yeah, it's just, it's just going to be very, very interesting to see sort of how it goes along. Um, yeah. Yes. Sort of from a European perspective, I think it's quite interesting. To, it would be interesting to see the market sort of going through, maybe not quite an identity crisis, but sort of through a, a maturing um, process where it might run into some troubles in the US and sort of figure out how to do with them while it's like people are quite excited about it potentially starting in Europe. Um, yeah. So I, I'll, I'm, it's going to be interesting to see what the dynamic is. So if maybe. Um, potentially some some concerning headlines or so coming out of the US, whether it's actually like a huge crisis or not, um, how that might impact how people over here feel about it. Um, and it's yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if people are willing, willing to take their time. Yeah, yeah. I was speaking to an investor um, this week in, in London, and he, he actually said something very similar. Um, about well you don't really know what's in there um so what other yeah. recovery is going to be if something goes wrong um so it is a sentiment that sort of sometimes is expressed but yeah definitely really interesting and if you're 
you, our uh, beloved listener, are now keen to find out more about what Tom heard about this, you can read his story, which is called Liquidity, Transparency, Questions to Haunt Middle Market CLOs in Downturn on Global Capital. Right. And, and Victoria, have you got any plans uh, for next week? Yeah, so um, while I was off yesterday, the European Securitization and Markets Authority published a report um, that looks quite interesting. It investigated um, the information that credit rating agencies, CLO credit rating agencies and CLO market participants share, because um, there's, of course, quite a lot of exchange and market outreach between, um, it's, it, names especially, it looks especially at S&P, Moody's and Fitch, um, what they discuss and share with arrangers and um, CLO managers because uh, the ESMA is concerned that there might be conflicts of interest um, and that the adjustment of ratings methodologies um, could be influenced by commercial interests. So I'm quite keen to speak to um, a couple of people in the market about it and sort of see what the significance of that is, um, what they think about it. I had one investor uh, who, who I spoke to one briefly today, um, who said today being Friday, um, who, who said that there's he said there's a lot of a lot of issues, um, and he thinks it's basically appalling that this is still being done after the experiences with the financial crisis. Um, but I'm very curious <laughs> to hear what mm, other people yes. in the market think. Um, so yeah, anybody who wants to talk, uh, reach out. Tom will tell you how our email addresses work in a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm going to look into. And George, what about you? I'm actually back in London. We've got the oh, very nice Christmas party. Um, oh, so and... unfair. What, you're doing mini golf, aren't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, a rare experience of golf for me. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah, you know, your face is just pure disappointment right now. How much can I pay for a sort of two-day flight? To... <laughs> 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 just to, like, uh, win mini-golf. <laughs> well, I definitely don't think I'll be presenting you with much opposition, although there has been some, like, preliminary build-up in the over-email uh, of people claiming their team is going to win. Oh. Um, oh, okay. Well, that would be interesting. Then, you can reveal who were the big, the big talkers and uh, the ones with the really, they, the least heat behind up, them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, I'm are. actually um, off next week, so you won't hear from me on on the podcast. Um, I'm off from Tuesday to Friday. Um, but before we do go, did want to mention one exciting development from us. Um, as normal, uh, we have our annual European Securitization Awards, and we're now through to the proper stage, the real stuff. It's like the Champions League group stage is over and the knockouts <laughs> have begun. Um, our shortlists so are Manchester out. United are nominated. Oh. Yeah, no nominations for Man United. <laughs> <laughs> um, but who is going to be the Arsenal uh, this year um, in the securitization industry? That will be the question. Um, please go and vote. It's on our website. It's free to, to have a vote. Um, you can't vote for yourself, so don't be that loser who does tries and does that. And if you block vote, we can see it. We're clever like that. Um, but, yes, <laughs> please do do it. There's the Rising Star Award, which I'm uh, um, I mentioned a lot on LinkedIn 
um, and that seems to have got a fair bit of traction. There's 10, 10 rising stars to choose from. Um, so, yes, it'll be very interesting to see who has the best PR campaign to win that one. Um, but I'm afraid that's all we've got time for today. As ever, you can get in touch at tom.lemon at globalcapital.com or george.smith or victoria.tila. Um, but otherwise, thank you for listening and have a great week. It's goodbye from us. Goodbye. Goodbye.